Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Grace and the power of grace, worse than abound, grace did much more abound. It's the power of grace, but the catalyst is righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. It's not just the unmerited favor of God. It is an effectual working of the Holy Ghost. But it's not because of anything that we have done. For example, if we have a guide that's going to lead us into an area we never have gone before, we might be in a jungle and we're going to a certain destination and we get a guide. And the guide is going to lead us to the destination. Well, as we follow the guide, he gets us there. When we get to that, that final destination, we can't say, well, I'm the one that did it. The guide is the one that led you and got you to your preferred destination. Well, what happens if the guide there is leading you, but you disobey it? You disobey the guide as he's given you the instructions of where to go. Well, whose fault is it? The guide is going to that destination as he said he would, but we, in disobedience, go our own way and we mess the mark. We don't get to our preferred destination. And that would be heaven, having entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, grace is the catalyst that it moves on us in the effectual working and power of the Holy Ghost, leading us and guiding us into all truth. But he has to be obeyed. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost. He is that Christ. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And this tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. Somebody said, well, when you are speaking these words, it's totally foreign to me. It's speaking Greek to me. I have no understanding. Well, that's the reason. The bottom line is because that person's never read the word of God. We speak wisdom, as Paul said, to those that are perfect. If we haven't read the word of God at all, we haven't consulted the instruction book, then how do we know the language of the Holy Ghost? How do we know the mind of Christ without reading the Word of God? In the path of righteousness, we have to be led. Look at Psalm 23. That's one of the most quoted Psalms out of the Word of God. States, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He supplies all of our needs. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths, plural, of righteousness for his namesake. Now, what's the paths of righteousness? Not just a path, paths of righteousness. Because it goes from faith to faith, from glory to glory. For the righteousness of God is revealed from heaven, from faith to faith, Romans 1.17. So it's progressive. And those that understand that we're constantly growing in our Lord Jesus Christ in all things and all truth in the now faith proceeding word of God, man lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then we are walking in the light as he's in the light. We are pleasing to the Lord. But it's only when we are at ease in Zion, we're settled on our leaves. We think, well, we have it. Uh, we don't need anything else. We're Laodicea. 
where you have need of nothing, with clothes, fed, uh, and were increased with goods. That's Laodicea. But Jesus said, knowest thou not, you poor, wretched, wretched, naked, and destitute. That's talk, That's definitely a, a mistaken identity. He said, I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Now, that's the cross. Though we be tried our faith, and we come into manifold temptations, diverse temptations, and at that point, what for? Why do we go through all these temptations and trials? Well, count it all a joy when you fall into them, the temptations. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that's the fire of the Holy Ghost, that it may come forth as pure gold to the glory of God. So think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is a trial, as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice inasmuch as we are partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon our head. That glory can only be obtained through mortifying the deeds of the flesh, not doing our own will, but doing the will of God. There is where that we have the mind of Christ. That mind of Christ is the only ones that will be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. Seal the servants of our God in their foreheads. That hasn't happened yet. It's the final growth state. There's a sealing as newborn babies desire than sincere milk of the word. We see that given to us in Exodus 28. It speaks of the priesthood. We're called as kings and priests to the Lord our God. But the first was an engraving of an engraver an engraving of a signet of a sign of life tov, and that is according to the birth. But that doesn't stop there. Then we go to the next step, the area of growth, there being the breastplate of judgment. Now there's diversity. Those that were, according to the birth written on, the onyx stones on the shoulder of the high priest were according to the birth, and it was according to the natural order. Reuben first, etc., all the way down to Benjamin. Six on each stone, the onyx stones means to blanch or to make white, and these are the ones that are according to the birth, birth into the kingdom of God. There, the type being, were born again, newborn babes, desiring that sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. But we don't stop there. Then we go to little children, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you little children. You've grown from babies to little children. Why? Because you've known the Father. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. Many do not make that growth state. They stay as newborn babes, unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't know they're to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. They think that salvation is just an act and that's all there is to it. They say they're Jews and are not by the synagogue of Satan. They've never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart and going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. They were born again. They were newborn babes that desired that sincere milk of the word, but they failed in righteousness. Somebody said, what do you mean by that? Well, they, he led us, in the path of righteousness. 
As we seek the Lord and draw nigh to him, he draws nigh to us. That's a promise. But we have to seek him diligently. That is, uh, in Hebrews 5, Paul gives us that revelation. He talks about Melchizedek, Melech, King, Zadok, righteousness. Those are the ones that are called in the Melchizedek priesthood, the priesthood of Jesus Christ, not after the law, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be saved, but this everlasting priesthood, this unchangeable, immutable priesthood of Jesus Christ. There, the Lord Jesus is made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Paul expounding on this in Hebrews 5, relating it to us that we grow up into Jesus and all things and all truth that we're not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine. But then when he talks about Melchizedek, the priesthood, the kings and priests that we are called to be to reign with Jesus during that millennial reign, then he said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. You don't have ears to hear or your eye there is not on the truth of the word of God. You're at ease in Zion. You are settled on your leaves. You're not stirred, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing your dull of hearing about the king priesthood that we are all called for in and through Jesus Christ. And then he says, when you ought to be teachers, you should already know this. You have need again to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God. You have need of need of milk and not of strong meat. He said, because you're still babies. And babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand the paths of righteousness. They're not led into it. They're not following the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is called iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. And because iniquity, iniquity abounds in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. Iniquity is abounding. As we have the globalist, one world government, and these are thinking it's a good thing, which is nothing in the world but fulfilling Bible prophecy and coming against Israel and a Semitism against the church as well as against Israel. We, were, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. But yet, we have the world and the council, United Nations, going against Israel. Not only that, against democracy. We're in the last of the last days. And those that understand that are pressing toward the mark. That mark is a tav. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. In other words, it's the finish line. It's running the whole race, not just the beginning of the race and starting it, but enduring to the end, the same shall be saved and obtaining that mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You'll see that in Ezekiel 9. There's six men with a destroying weapon beside their side, but there's a man there, that seventh one, with a rider's inkhorn. And he is told to set a mark upon those that are crying out for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem. And he's to set a mark upon their head. That mark is a tab. 
It's not a loft, beth, gobble, dalo. Hog, it is a tav. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC area. In other words, if we put this in synonymous with the Hebrew, with the Hebrew ABC diary, with the English ABCs, it would be saying we went from A, B, C, D all the way to Z. We didn't stop in the middle. We ran the race to win the prize. Paul stated that. Don't you know that we all run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. That one is one mind, one accord, and the one God, the one Lord, Jesus Christ. But very few understand that righteousness has to be led in obedience. That we see in Romans 6. Grace reigns through righteousness in Romans 5. Just like sin reigned by death, grace now reigns through righteousness. What the Lord did, he purchased it for us and then gave us his power to lead us and guide us into all truth. Not partial truth, all truth. But very few understand that. So Paul, in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, said, we speak wisdom to those that are perfect. Not the wisdom of this world. That's foolish, the, the things of this world. Any man love the world, love the Father's not in him. But the wisdom of God. That wisdom of God are the ones that are perfect, those that are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as Paul stated to the church of Philippi, said, I haven't already attained, neither am I already perfect, but I'm forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth of those things which are before, the things of faith, the now faith, the substance of things so far. Growing up in a Jesus and all things, all true, and trying to apprehend that of which he's apprehended of Christ Jesus. This is that spoken of Joel, the last day, latter reign of the Holy Ghost, coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect image of Jesus. That is the knowledge of the Son of God. That's not knowing him after the Spirit and not after the flesh, just having the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus in you. But it is epigonosco. Gonosco is just knowing him after the Spirit being born again, being filled with the Holy Ghost. But the full grown that you've gone from uh, newborn babes to little children, and then that Christ in you going from little children to young men, and then from young men to fathers, full grown, weaned from the milk, they're on the strong meat and of full age. These are the ones that know him that's from the beginning. These are the ones that, that obtain that mark for the prize. Those are the only ones that are sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing that will be able to stand in the last day, woe, 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 be unto the earth by the reason of the other three angels yet to sound. And those are woe trumpets. The fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet are woe trumpets. And why? Because uh, the dragon, the serpent, the old scorpion, the devil is cast down to you having great wrath, the wrath of Satan. And when that evil comes in like a flood, God lifts up a standard against him. That's the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. But you have to have uh, oil in your lamps. The oil is the truth of the word. No word, no revelation of the word. You haven't read the word, then there's nothing the Holy Ghost can light because there's no oil in the lamp. He is the fire. 
but we have to have oil in our lamp. Now, there's 10 virgins. They're unspotted for the world. They're all believers. They're born again. They're virgins. The only difference between five wise and five foolish is the word, the oil in their lamps. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out therefore to meet him. Well, all of them went out to meet him. But the five foolish virgins did not have enough oil in their lamps. They trimmed their wicks and went out to meet him. But because they didn't have enough oil in their lamps, they went to the wise virgins and said, give us of your oil, give us of your truth. Well, it's too late. Lest the wise said unto them, lest we have not enough for ourselves. In other words, you had a time. You had a window of opportunity. During that work while it's day, for the night cometh in which no man can work. It is too late. It's just as it was in the days of Noah. Jesus stated that. After Noah built an ark to the saving of his souls, in which eight souls were saved by water, the like figure baptism doth also now save us, First Peter 3, that after he finished and all that was put in the ark, Two of all unclean and seven of all clean went into that ark of each kind. Then God shut the door. Notice it was seven days after Noah had entered in the ark and that the rain began and the great deep was opened up and the windows of heaven poured out the water and it prevailed upon the earth for the waters prevailed for 150 days. Five months, five prophetic months that we see in Revelation 9. What is that? It's the plague of the locust. That key to the bottomless pit. Notice that Abaddon and Apollyon come out, the destroyers. And they are commanded to hurt only those that have not the mark in their foreheads. That is why it is incumbent upon us, the body of Christ, to receive and press toward that mark. And as many as be perfect, be thus minded. What mind is that? It's the mind of Christ. We find in 1 Peter 4, 1, For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, he mortified the deeds of the flesh. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. Learned obedience through the things which he suffered. 1 Peter 4.1 states that for as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. We to armed ourselves with the same mind. Be therefore likewise minded. That's the mind of Christ. Those are the ones that will be sealed in their forehead having the mind of Christ in Revelation 7, the last day, sealing unto perfection. The babies, they were sealed there in that when they were born again. But then there are many different sealings, engravings of an engraver, the engraving of a signet that you see in that priesthood that we see in 1 John 2, 12-14, which is also given to us in the law as a high priest in Exodus 28. You don't stay babies. According to the birth, the high priest has two onyx stones, one on each shoulder. 
and they are, they are an engraving of an engraver according to the birth. Six of the tribes of Israel on one stone, six of the tribe of Israel on the other. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus bears us, bears us up on wings as eagles. Walk and not be worried. Run and not faint. That is the church of the living God. We're led in the paths of righteousness. But righteousness is not at birth because it's the word of righteousness that the newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5, Paul states that. We have to grow up. The next step from newborn babes, obviously, is little children. They've grown. Now, John tells us in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14 again, very important, that he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, you're born again, but you have a higher revelation. And I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. In John 8, 13 through 27, Jesus stated, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. He states in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand it today, generally in the Protestant denominal church world. But the ones that are seeking God, they are growing up into him in all truth and all things, not only in the person that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is that omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. In the days of his flesh, he was one of us. He made himself of no reputation to redeem us that were under the law. Because he's under the law, he has to pray to the Father, showing us the way, the truth, and life. After he fulfills that law, praying to the Father, which that spirit he is, but the law divided Jesus, his spirit, the father of glory that he is from him and the days of his flesh being one of us there for as much as the children protections of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Tempted all point like as we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4, 15. But after he fulfills that and that middle wall of partition that parted Jesus, the spirit that he is, the father of glory, from him in the days of his flesh as a man, that law then being totally fulfilled in every aspect of the law, he takes the ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross as a free will offering. He breaks down that middle wall of partition, thereby making peace and one new man. Who is this new man? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that first Adam was made a living soul. That last Adam, who is he? Is he just a man standing at the right hand of God? That's what most of the nominal church worlds preach. Jesus is the man standing at the right hand of God and Jehovah sitting on the throne. Yahweh's on the throne and Jesus, the man, is there beside it and God is still in that man working salvation as some kind of a mediator. And every time you pray, then the son goes to the father and says, Father, give them, forgive them because, you know, hey, I died on the cross and I paid for their sins and they expiated and I'm their propitiation and so forgive them. But that's just not the case. 
because Jesus went back to the glory of the Father. He's always been in the form of God, that spirit. He made himself of no reputation, so he will not work his spirit to come under his own law. And by that, he worked righteousness, who that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When he was baptized of John and Jordan, it was to fulfill all righteousness, not to wash away his sins. And for us to be led in the paths of righteousness, we have to draw nigh to him and be obedient to the leading of the Holy Ghost, his spirit, Christ in us. And we see that in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are ye the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin and the death, that's carnal minded, which is death. Even though you have the spirit of God, you must uh, submit yourself and obey to that leading of the Holy Ghost. Not doing your own will, but the will of God. Most do not understand that. They're unskillful in that paths of righteousness. More than one path, paths of righteousness. It goes from faith to faith, from glory to glory. There's different levels from there, a newborn baby to a little child, a little children. They know that he's the father. They know the person of Jesus, that he is the father. But you don't stop there. You notice there in Exodus 28, we go to the breastplate of judgment. Now there's diversity. There's different colored stones. We see everything from a sardius all the way to onyx stones to... Uh, there and from the first row, the four rows, three in each row, and every stone is different, different colors. And that's according to the work and diversification in the body of Christ. Same spirit, but different ministries, different ministrations. So it behooves the body of Christ, we as members in the body of Christ, to find the will of God and do it so God himself fitly frames it together and compacts it according to the measure of faith given to each individual member, well, whichever joint supplies, bone to bone, coming together, that we find that through this joint, through the edification of itself in love, building up itself upon this most holy faith through and in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. Therefore, it, it is, uh, uh, compels us to go on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ through the power of grace, that power of grace, that, that it is uh, compelling us to be conformed to the measure of Jesus Christ, not to the world, but to the measure of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. And that is our calling uh, to the perfecting of the saints full grown. Now the babies, most of the church world as even the ones that have been born again of the water and the spirit, according to Acts 2.38, not just repentance before the cross, saying, well, you know, the thief on the cross, Jesus told him today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Well, that day that Jesus, that very same day, not that he first ascended, he first descended into the heart of the earth. First Peter 3 tells us that Jesus by his spirit, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Lord himself, by his spirit, went and preached to the spirit shut up in prison. First Peter 3. And at that time, they were still subject unto death. 
held there in Abraham's bosom, which was paradise. But Jesus went and preached to those spirits that were shut up in prison. And he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he took those spirits of those just men made perfect into heaven, moved paradise into heaven. That was three days later that he moved paradise there. Therefore, after the death, brother, and resurrection of Jesus, we are told, what is the plan of salvation? Just repentance? No. Godly sorrow worked the repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. But most of the church will have missed it there that they have not been born of the water and the Spirit as given to Peter on that day of Pentecost who had the keys to the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 16. He is the one that will be the preacher on that day. And as he stands up and they say, men and brethren, what must we do? Acts 2.37. Peter gives us the plan, the born of water and the spirit, the keys given to him by the Lord himself. Said, repent, don't stop there. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's not a name. The only blood name, revealed name of God the redemptive name of God, the power, blood name of God is Jesus. They have to invoke that name for the power of the blood to wash away the sins. That's what he stated. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, which is one and the same Spirit. Why? For the remission of your sins. Your sins are washed away, expiated. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. You're born of the water of the Spirit then. Who's this to? Well, this is to you, your children, to as many as are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Are they full grown? No, they're babies. The newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. But Hebrews 5, they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand they are to grow on up into Jesus in all truth and all things in faith. And there, that is the growth that is required. So they go from newborn babies to little children. They know that Jesus is the Father. Again, we see that specifically given to us by John in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12-14. But they don't stop there. Now you know who Jesus is, the person. He's God Almighty. He is the blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. He is the Almighty God, Revelation 1, 8. We don't stop there. Because then the next step is that of young men. John said, I write to you young men. Because... The word of God is strong in you. You have to have the word of God strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. That's given to us through the overcomers in Revelation 2 and the third chapter. That's still not the final growth rate. Every one of them is a ceiling. Yes. Notice in Exodus 28 on the priesthood, even under the law. The first ceiling was that according to the birth engraving of an engraver, an engraving of a signet, the sign of Loftov, the sealing, and that was according to the birth. But then we go to the breastplate of judgment. That's according to the work. 
the individual worker call of God that he's called for, and there's diversification there. We see there on that first line is that Sardis or Judah is the line of the tribe of Judah. That's a standard. Then we go to the second one, Reuben, Simeon, Gad. Well, what is that? Reuben, a man. See you, a man. Well, what is that? That is the standard there, a man. That was on the south, the southern part of the tribes. Then we go to that west, which was the ox. That was Ephraim. We have the standard there of an ox. The lion, man, ox, and the last one, of course, there on the north side of an eagle. There's your lion, man, ox, and eagle, which is the Lord Jesus Christ and his glory and his four faces, according to Genesis 3, 24. Cherubim set at the east end of the garden of God along with a flaming sword. That's Jesus Christ. It is a Christophany. That cherubim is a capital C, and Jesus had his four faces revealed to us of the lion, man, ox, and eagle, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Matthew, perfect man, gospel according to Mark, the ox, the suffering servant in the gospel according to Luke, and the gospel according to John, the flying eagle. Lion, man, ox, and eagle. Now we are to come into that same measure. And those are now not just the young men, but are the four beasts before the throne. Those are not angels. They're the zoe. Those are the living creatures. And they have those four faces of Jesus, lion, man, calf, and eagle. These are the zoe in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which have a higher revelation not a Pentecostal revelation of Jesus, but in the throne room, a throne room revelation, being in the throne room itself as given unto John to show unto us things that will come to pass. Notice in Revelation 4.1, John says there's a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me. That is the voice of the Lord God Almighty in the Feast of Trumpets the trumpet voice, the ministry voice of Jesus. And it says, oh, they tell us that's the rapture. No, it's not, friend. He said, come up hither. Come into a higher revelation of glory. You're coming from not a newborn baby, not just little children, not just young men. But I'm going to show you the work of the ministry. I'm going to show you what you're called for in the work of the ministry, which we are all in the body of Christ called for. Not one prophet or some great apostle or bishop that's going to lead us in. No, Jesus Christ is going to lead us in. And those that are the greatest among us will be the servant of all. It's no big eyes and little U's on this. It's all Jesus Christ. And he has to be lifted up. Any man that speaketh of himself seeks his own glory. But he that speaketh of him that sent him. There's no unrighteousness in him. We don't have pleasure in unrighteousness. We walk in the paths of righteousness, going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And we see that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 3. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. What does it reveal? The Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that one Lord. He is that spirit. He is that Lord God Almighty. He is the Lord Jehovah. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That is the law, the liberty of life in Christ Jesus, which 
we must obey. Obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6. There, then we, not in Pentecost, where we saw through a glass darkly. We had knowledge in part. But thou, seeing face to face, we come into that same face of Jesus, lion, man, ox, and eagle, growing up in him in all things. Then we see him face to face. All these things that are in part are done away with. When now we know even as we're known of him. We see that in 2 Corinthians 3, that we all now with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what the truth, the present truth, what God is doing now. We're talking about what is happening globally, the wokeism, the globalism, all this uh, Marxism going through the nations and think it's a good thing. But the ones that do know their Lord God Almighty will be strong and do exploits. These are the ones that are being sealed in Revelation 7. These are the called out ones uh, that have not only been born again, or little children knowing that he is the Father, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah. Not only those that have come to young men that have overcome the wicked one through the word of God being strong in them, but fathers. And the hearts of the fathers will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the hearts of the fathers. Lest the Lord comes and smites the earth with a curse. It's the last day move of God. It's not that 1940s and 50s latter reign of the Holy Ghost where they muddied the water and missed the mark so terribly bad. It's the true leading of the Holy Ghost and the final outcome that the Lord Jesus will bring many sons unto glory. That's a mystery of his will from the foundation of the world to be able to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus to his glory, the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Well, if this has more witness with you, we'd like to work with you. Simply notify us, Notify us there over the websites, DennisBeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com, or you can have fellowship with us at JCIC.tv, where we will answer any questions you have for the ministers there, as well as the body of Christ. There, we pray each one of us uh, to be perfected. God, our Lord Jesus Christ, to perfect that which is lacking in each one of us that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.